Welcome to the Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle, with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Meslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. This episode is brought to you by LMNT Electrolytes. This month, we're switching it up with an exclusive offer that's only for VIP LMNT partners, including Carnivore Cast listeners. You can now receive this free sample pack along with any regular purchase when you use my custom link, which is provided in the show notes or my Instagram link in bio. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash carnivorecast, all one word. And as I said, I'll include the link in the show notes. LMNT electrolytes are convenient, evidence-based, and delicious. And get yours today to help support the show. Thank you. Jeannie DeAngelis, at Low Carb Grandma on Instagram, shares her story online about her experience healing from the ravages of oxalate toxicity. Jeannie spent years suffering from diverticular infections, C. diff, several surgeries, UTIs, migraines, and more before finding a way to improve it all with controlling low oxalate foods. Welcome to the show, Jeannie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm really excited to talk to you today. We were just joking about the uh, plant, the eclectic plant mix you have behind you. <laughs> yeah, they started when I was eating plants, so I started collecting plants. Now that I'm not eating plants, I want to get rid of every plant. <laughs> <laughs> plants are the enemy. That that's going to be the title of this podcast. The enemy. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, t- tell us your story. I'd, I'd love to hear the long version. How did you get to focusing on oxalates and um, tell me your whole health journey. You're brave. (laughs) Well, I don't want to go through everything because it goes all the way back to my childhood. Now that I know what I'm looking at. Yeah. When I didn't know what I was looking at, I thought I just was, you know, I just had issues and emotional issues and, you know, high anxiety, separation anxiety. Anxiety, And even for a little girl, I had a lot of anxiety issues mainly, but I also had very bad migraines. And I started even as a a young child with endometriosis, you know, young, like 10 years old, I would have terrible pain. And then I moved into my 20s. I don't want to go through every single thing because it's a, it's a sordid, ugly story that could be a movie. Okay. It's just like, you know, I started having all these weird things. Like I had a dermoid tumor in my abdominal wall when I was in my 20s. Um, I ended up having a hysterectomy. My eyes started going. I was having blood clotting issues, high ANA for like lupus diagnosis. Both of my pregnancies, I have two children, um, probably much older than you. And they both, when they were born, had nerve damage on their face. And when they were born, the doctor was like, for some reason, your uterus didn't stretch out enough for them to have enough room when they were developing that it caused like a nerve thing in their faces. All this is coming back to me now, you know? And now that I I found out that you can have calcifications in your uterus, I have a sneaking suspicion that that might've been what had caused them. It just didn't, you know, it wasn't healthy. And then in my 30s, I started with diverticulitis. I ended up on thyroid medication in my early 30s. I had still had anxiety problems starting with the intestines into my 40s, a lupus diagnosis, 
incontinence in my 40s, arthritis, reflux medication. Then into my 50s, I that's when the C. diff hit. That was because I was having so many diverticulate infections. And I just want to stop there. Diverticulitis is a result of connective tissue disorder. Now we know that oxalate causes connective tissue disorder. So right from the beginning in my 30s, when I was merrily trying to keep myself healthy by making smoothies and eating tons of vegetables, I was destroying my connective tissue. And people just don't get pockets in their intestines for no reason. That's not normal. So what that did was that started a, a, a cycle where, you know, besides having arthritis, you know, and not being able to see, you know, and, and having reflux. I was going in and out of the hospital and they were putting me on antibiotics because I had this terrible diverticular infection. If one of those things burst, you you could die. You can get sepsis and die. So I ended up with C. diff from that because when they put a, you on a lot of antibiotics, you end up having an infection because uh, C. diff is infection because it kills off all the good bacteria. And then when you're oxalate toxic, unfortunately, your body doesn't heal infection very well. You can be riddled with infection and so for some reason it never goes away. So I had a C. diff infection for two years. It wouldn't go away. Usually they put people on, you know, antibiotics and it goes away. Not this one. This one was, you know. Anyway, um, so I'm trying to see. So what they ended up doing was they said when I was, you know, in my late 50s, it was like, we have to resect your colon, take out a piece, you know, gut you, <clears throat> like on Braveheart, you know, only in a good way, and take out a piece of, <laughs> take out a piece of your intestines. Meanwhile, I'm busy, you know, juicing kiwis and spinach every morning. And yeah, I know. It's so crazy, right? I'm like, it's like you're on fire and you're drinking gasoline. You know what I mean? And you just keep the fire going. So they took out a piece of my colon. This is supposed to be off. I thought it was. And um, I ended up getting blockages. I don't know if you know what that is, but your intestine just seizes closed. So I was in the hospital for a blockage. Um, and then I, I ended up, now we're going back to the connective tissue thing. The connective tissue is not strong. So you get in, you have a surgery and then everything rips. So my entire abdominal wall ripped and all my intestines fell out. So this is, I'm just going to stop here and say, this is why I'm as annoying and obnoxious as I am about this subject. Because I don't think that most people, the general population have any idea what, what plant toxins are capable of doing to the human body. And so I feel like it's a clarion call. You know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm so, so blessed to be in, in a community of people like us that can see it. But, and just because you have no symptoms doesn't mean it's not doing damage. So that's a very important part of this to understand. And then when it is doing damage, the damage is so bad that you're in a, a world of doo-doo. So anyway. The incisional hernia had to be repaired. I don't even want to go into that because that was a whole different thing, but I ended up with another big blockage. Scar tissue, high fibrinogen, high strep levels, couldn't sleep, twitching, nerve pain. I can just go on and on and I don't want to. I also had three gynecological surgeries because 
And I always say this, I have no dignity anymore. That's how important this subject is. Okay. Before I would say, I would never going to tell anybody that because that's a private, you know, no, this isn't private anymore. This is where you will end up if you, if you continue on this road of eating high oxalate vegetables. Okay. So I thank God for this actually, because eventually what happened was I was trying so hard not to be in the hospital and not to be having surgeries that I was, I cut out almost all dairy. I was eating like pure, almost like vegan. I was like so proud of myself. I was juicing every morning, you know, medical medium celery juice and everything. And everything was getting worse. My eyes popped these two gigantic Weiss rings off of them, one in one eye, one in the other, which is like almost like having a fly in both eyes. They're still not gone. I ended up with such bad tinnitus. I, I didn't know. I couldn't breathe right when I was walking. I thought I had a blockage in my in my arteries because I was. I said, what do I have, a blockage? Because I can't breathe. Um, my arthritis was so bad. I ended up having horrible gastritis for like three months. This is when I was really pouring on the, you know, pouring on the vitamin C, pouring on the plant food. And I ended up with vulvodynia. Like I said, no dignity. I'll just put it this way. Everything from my mouth to my was burning like somebody had put a propane lighter in my body okay and when that happens which was kind of a blessing i was in so much pain and i was so miserable that i just wanted to die and what what ended up happening was i had remembered that my mom who had passed from pulmonary fibrosis we'll go back there uh, she had breast cancer and she had vulvodynia. And when she was suffering with vulvodynia, she was due to call me and she would be crying. I don't know what's wrong. I'm dying. You know, I can't stand the pain. Well, I had at that time found the Vulva Pain Foundation. So I just went back there and I looked and, and the Vulva Pain Foundation said that if you want to get rid of vulvodynia, the way to do it is to... Um, go on a low oxalate diet. So I did. I mean, if you can't even walk or live your life, you would go on any kind of diet to get rid of the pain, correct? So I did it. And, you know, the I, I've described this before to a couple of people. And the best way to describe it is to say that um, it was like the flame on a stove. Like I was sitting on a flame on the stove and every day that passed that I was not eating those vegetables, the, the, the fire of the flame just went down and the burning inside of my body just began to, to, to lower. But the, the amazing thing that happened was that a lot of other things that I had been suffering with since I was a baby began to melt away. They started to melt away. Anxiety melted away. I was like, I've been anxious all my life. Everybody's like, Jean's nuts. You know, what's wrong with her? Because I felt like my body was on fire since the day I was born. And then all of a sudden, one day, six months into getting rid of plant food, I realized I was like, I felt like I was on an alternate universe. Or I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really in the world. I was here, but not here because I didn't feel the anxiety that I had felt before. That was one blessing. The burning was gone. I had lumps in my breasts that just disappeared. 
I had joint pain and inflammation in my hands. My hands were so swollen all, all the time. I, in fact, it's funny. I just went on a walk and I walk five miles. And I remember being in my 30s and 40s, eating those foods like crazy and noticing every time that I would go on a walk, my fingers would be swollen up like little sausages. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're going, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, my, my father actually has the exact same thing. And I realized that by that my fingers don't swell anymore. Isn't God good? Um, and I walk five miles. I'm 68 years old. Uh, am I done yet? No. I go through tremendous cycles, dumping cycles. It seems that my um, I have a lot of injury in my body from all the surgeries and everything. And when you have injuries from surgery, what happens is oxalate attracts to injured or inflamed tissues. And so when you come off the oxalate, that when you start to, when your body starts to uh, eliminate it, the areas that you had uh, all of that surging stuff can become inflamed and hurt because the oxalate starts moving around. Right. And so just because I just want to say one thing, oxalate is, does not leave the body as a detox. It leaves it as an elimination. So you don't stop eating it and three weeks later, it's out of your body. You know, you don't drink like a ginger shot and all of a sudden everything's better, right? <laughs> what happens is it takes, it, and the longer you are and the more toxic you are, the longer and harder it is to get rid of. So I'm into, year, uh, this August, coming August, it'll be year three. And um, I go through pretty intense, pretty intense, um, dumping cycles. But you know what's so great about it? Cycles come and go and you get a little break in between. And when you do, you feel 30 years younger than you did prior to doing this. That's incredible. And during your journey, like in, going even back to your 20s and your 30s, was there any ever any notion of like, could all these health problems be connected in some way? No. And the medical field does not connect anything. Yeah. They, they, they put you on thyroid medication at 32. I've been on thyroid medication since I'm 32. Wow. And, uh, at that time, this was affecting me. Do you see what I mean? I've always eaten this yeah. way. You know, and so I eat veggies and salads, you know, and lots of fruit and figs and all of this kind of stuff. And that was the way that I was used to eating. That's the way I was raised. But there's another component in this and that is that in the process of finding out about oxalate i also found out that i was on the autism spectrum i have tons of autism in my family really oh tons and we all have like mthfr nobody i come from a sicilian family okay nobody th they think they're perfect that they don't have anything <laughs> i guess all people are like that but um People on the on the spectrum have three times higher oxalate levels in their blood than neurotypicals, so that makes it even more impactful for me. Which would which would definitely explain why it bothered me from a small child. Now, I just want to say that doesn't mean if you're not autistic, you're going to get away with eating plants because nobody is getting away with eating plants. Nobody, nobody's, nobody's. Because this is a cumulative process. It's poison. There's no, no other word for it. It is poison. Oxalic acid is an acid that is in the plants 
as a defense chemical. Certain plants have more than others. I'm not saying that you can never eat a vegetable again, but I am saying that there are filmic vegetables on the list that you should never eat again. You should stay away from nuts and seeds. You should stay away from spinach and chard. You should stay away from kiwi fruit. You really, and raspberries and chocolate and tea and sweet potatoes. Um, and what was my point? My point was, is that these foods, nobody should eat. And nobody is, people say, well, that doesn't really bother me. I'm, I'm not like you. I, I can eat, you know, sweet potato fries every day and, and I'm fine. Not for long. Not for long. Sorry to have to tell you. I'm sorry about the little, I have a little pit bull and he's supposed to not be in the room. Oh, he's so cute. Somebody's missing right now. And, <laughs> and he's at the back door because he has a a, a a boyfriend in the back. She has oh. a boyfriend. So they're having a little, you know, I want to go outside. So if you don't mind that. No, totally, totally fine. But so I found out that, that yeah, I found out too that I'm also on the spectrum. And people will say, well, you know, you're so articulate. You're outgoing. Female autistics are totally different than males. So that's a whole nother, we can do a whole nother show. Yeah, on I that. didn't know that. That's really interesting. Female autistics are one, you'll, you'll never be able to tell by talking to me, but one of the things that they have is hyperverbalism. So yeah. I'm hyperverbal, you know, yeah. I have a grandson who doesn't talk that much. Oh, he's... interesting. Yeah. So, so when, when women have autism, they don't really, a lot of times what happens is they don't really get, they fly under the radio because they're more social or they, or they talk more. But this, this situation and this plant situation has impacted me and impacted my life in a very um, huge way. And it's stolen a lot of my life. I'm 68 years old. And like I said, you can you hear how many years I've been in this condition and it just got progressively worse. And I right now I thank God because after three years, I feel better than I have in the last 30 years. Wow, that's incredible. This episode is brought to you by Optimal Carnivore. Many people I talk to struggle to get enough organ meat on a carnivore diet. There's debate about whether you need to eat organs or not but I like to supplement with organ meats and it makes me feel better and many carnivores would agree. Optimal Carnivore was created by carnivores for carnivores. In fact, I was consulted during the formulation, which is pretty cool. Um, they have a unique organ complex that combines nine different organs, liver, brain, heart, and more, um, all from grass-fed, grass-finished animals in New Zealand. And taking six capsules a day is the same as eating an ounce of raw liver. Um, and it's it's completely freeze-dried, and they use a very high-quality process to retain all the nutrients. You can use the link in the episode description or um, the link in my Instagram bio and use the code CARNIVORE10 to save at checkout and support the show. Thank you. How did you learn more and more about oxalates and, and like what inspired you to look deeper into this and try it for yourself? Well, one of the things that autistic people do that's to their benefit is they research everything. <laughs> so if anything gets my attention, then I can't you tell. I mean, even in my IG, you know, I'm just constantly putting out information because it's become the, you know, the center of my life. But when I started to see that it was making a change 
in how I was feeling, I continued to do more and more research. And then little by little, I found the Low Ox Lake community. I met, you know, I, I started to go to Sally's um, Zoom classes, started to meet people that also had been through similar, I guess maybe I'm in the top 10, you know, but I know the similar situations where they've been suffering for all these years and not really knowing why, what was wrong. And then coming to a knowledge of this and having massive change in their life. And so as time goes on, I'm, I'm learning more and more. I'm trying to learn more about the science of it because I don't really understand. Little by little, I catch snippets of it. And uh, that's how it happened. And I just, I just counted a blessing. And I, I counted a blessing really at this point in my life because I feel that if I had to have a story like this to get people's attention, then it's worth it. I mean, that yeah. might sound dramatic a little bit, but it is worth it to me. Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic perspective to have. Um, I think that's a really healthy mindset. And I'm sure you are helping tons and tons of people um, through your story and your experience. Um, and that's phenomenal that you can do that. It's like such a strong purpose <laughs> um, to have, which is fantastic. And um, what are some things you've learned over the three years, like about your body, with the way you eat and changing your diet? Um, what are some like progressions and further things you learned, like past just lowering oxalate? What else have you tried and what has worked for you? So. Um, I learned that my body was made by God to heal. And if I get out of the way, out of the way of the process, it will heal. I learned that even though I like macaroni with Swiss chard and beans, that if I eat that, I'll die. And then I need to eat steak. Okay. And I need to eat fat and I need to have minerals from salt. And you know, it's just like an alcoholic that probably would rather, you know, a recovering alcoholic that would probably rather be drinking, you know, shots of uh, Jack Daniels. They have, Sorry, you can't. If you do, you will die. So I now eat meat and I eat, um, I eat um, fat, a lot of fat. That's my favorite, actually. <laughs> and I drink minerals, you know, and I... Uh, put a lot of salt on my food and I do eat low ox vegetables, but honestly, it's, it's become so, it's almost like in the beginning, I think that when people go low oxalate, they look for any vegetable and fruit that they can get in there, right? They're like, well, can I have this? And can I have that? And can I have this? But you know what happens is, is that once you start to eat meat and fat and, and, and the right things for your body to heal, you start to feel so much better that you, it almost like the the other stuff loses its appeal, right? Do you agree? And then you start- Yeah, totally. To it's been my experience and many people I've talked to. And then also um, the mindset of what food is really for, okay? So you spend 65 years or so looking to reward yourself with food versus nourish yourself with food, right? So if the mindset changes to be, this food is to nourish me so that I can live my life rather than I'm living my life so I can eat something that I like, you know? It's, it's a different way of looking at it, okay? So the food becomes something that keeps me alive, 
um, makes my body feel great so that I don't feel sick. So what's the use of eating all the food I like and feeling like I have the flu for 35 years? Is that, is that, is there any benefit to any of that? No. So I would rather eat my little piece of steak. Once in a while, I have like a fork full of coleslaw. It's becoming, it's going downward, you know, it's not, I'm not really, it's like, I don't need this. It becomes like almost like the, the little bit of vegetables that you try to squeeze in become like condiments. Like, you know, like if you put a, like a, a cherry on the top of a of a cupcake, you don't really need it, you know? So it's 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 very interesting how the thing how it evolves from wanting to fit as many fruits and vegetables in as you can to, you know just going more, mainly more towards the meat and the, and feeling better and then leading that less. I was eating, uh, doing dairy and, um, I was doing a lot of raw dairy and kefir, which I really loved, but I started, whenever I go through an elimination process, my body goes completely like bonkers. And I seem to have a lot of histamine reactions and a dairy intolerance whenever I'm they call it, they call it dumping. Um, and then when the dump lifts, I'm able to have some cheese and some, um, kefir and some A2 milk and stuff like that. So that's pretty much what I'm, what I'm taking in fat meat. I like beef the best. My bad. Are they going to try to give me that fake hamburger? Because <laughs> grandma's not going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> And can you, I've had Sally Norton on um, twice actually, but uh, can you explain for folks listening who may not be familiar what dumping is and, and maybe a little bit more just background on oxalate as well? So when you eat oxalate, if you, when you eat plants, plants have defense chemicals that um, they have in them intrinsically. It doesn't mean because they were sprayed with it. It means because it's intrinsic to the actual plants. They can't run away, so they have something in them to try to keep predators away. Um, it's an acid, a very tiny little molecule. I, I, don't, I don't want to go into all the science. I'm just going to go into the people science, okay? When you eat this and it gets into your body, if there's not enough calcium, because it binds very strongly to calcium together, um, it, it doesn't leave. So what it does is it goes on a search mission for calcium in your body. And when this acid hooks up with the calcium, it becomes a crystal. So when people say things like, well, if you don't have kidney stones, you have a problem with oxalate. I say the way you get kidney stones is because your blood goes through your kidneys and filters it. So that means your blood's been everywhere before, which means the oxalate crystals and the oxalate has been everywhere before they get, it gets to your kidney. So nice try. Doesn't work. <laughs> um, so what happens is it warehouses everywhere. So that's why sometimes when you're your age, you might not have a lot of symptoms. But then by the time you get to be my age, you've you've accrued a warehouse of this stuff and it's jammed everywhere in your in your uh, joints, in your eyes, in your thyroid, in your ears, in your brain. They took an MRI of my brain and they saw white crystals in my head and thought I had MS. In your whole gastrointestinal, it causes leaky gut. It, it just destroys your intestinal tract. 
It causes constipation. It causes interstitial cystitis, recurrent UTIs, um, osteoporosis, uh, everything from head to toe, vascular problems, gout, the inability for your body to be able to uh, get rid of infections, funguses, everything. It just makes everything, it just causes complete chaos in your body. And the older you get, the worse it gets. Stopping eating oxalate is the same as eating oxalate. Here's why. If you eat oxalate, you have a lot of oxalate in your blood, right? Oxalate crystals, oxalate, oxalates. If you stop eating it and your body starts dumping it, you have a lot of a lot of it in your blood. So both ways you have a lot, and both ways you can have symptoms. So you follow that? Does it make sense? Okay. So that's one of the reasons you can't stop it too quickly because you don't want too much of it hitting your system at one time on the way out. You have to go slowly and carefully. You have to do some, you know, you have to make sure you're, you're having enough, like you said, minerals because oxalate chelates vitamins and minerals from your body. So whether it's you're eating it and starving to death because you're eating it and you're not really getting any nutrients from the plants or it's hitting your bloodstream and it is chelating minerals and everything out of your uh, out of your body anyway so you have to uh, supplement with um, minerals and vitamins you have to be eating the right food you have to um, you know like Sally always recommends citrate citrates kind of you know kind of get those little crystals to not be as harsh and horrible, you know, kind of gives them a little, makes them into a little powdery. So on the way out, they're not so bad. And it's a process, but here's what I say. My, my way of thinking is we don't really have a choice, do we? <laughs> no, right. We have to get rid of it. If we don't, we're going to be really sick. If you're old, and you have arthritis and you have gastritis and you're burping from reflux, it's probably more oxalate than it is being old. And you can feel better. And so, you know, I, I pe people say, well, how do you how, how do you not eat the foods that you like? I wouldn't eat a potato chip if somebody if it was the last food on earth because I don't want to be sick anymore. Yeah, simple. Make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. And can you talk about like how dumping occurs over time and, um, you know, like getting it all out at once or trying to slow down how quickly you dump oxalates? It's just like playing the lotto. Okay. You know, in the lotto, you can have any number combination, right? So with oxalate, you can have any number combination. It depends on your age. It depends on your genetics. It depends on how much you've eaten. It depends on how much dairy you've had or not had. It depends on how your system is working. It depends on how bogged down you are. So to, for people to say, well, how long does this take? It's different for any everybody. Okay. It, it could be. And, and, it, and what happens is when you first stop and it just gets out of your blood for the first time, before it starts to cut the, the the warehouse stuff starts to hit your bloodstream, you are like, "What is this? I feel 
Fantastic. Like, I know that you're a total carnivore, right? You're total, right? So a lot of people that are carnivores, they they get, go on the carnivore diet and they don't feel that great in the beginning. And it's sometimes they'll have seasons where they really feel horrible and they don't know what it is. I would bet dollars to donuts, it's oxalate dumping. Okay. Yeah. Although we want to just cut it all out and say, I'm just going to eat steak and, and fat and salt yeah. and all that. Sometimes there has to be a little transition period because if you don't if do it that way, you get really sick. And what ends up happening is a, a carnivore diet, which is probably the healthiest diet for a human, you might give it up because you think it's not working. But it is working. That's why you feel terrible. So I'm three years in. I just came off of a brutal gastric dump. But the way that I describe it, and I hope this helps people understand, every dump that I come through, I it's like being in a desert and coming to an oasis. When I come through the dump, I feel better than I felt the last time. And I know that there, I'm going to have to start crawling towards the next oasis at the next, next dump. But as I'm crawling, I remember this is part of a process. And when I get to the other side of this, I'm going to feel even better than I do now. And that's how what keeps me going. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And is there anything special you do when you know you're dumping a lot of oxalates to mitigate some of the effects? Right. So I just want to say this is um, Mountain Valley spring water. Now, this just goes to show you the, the stainless steel straw is like being a meat eater and the plastic cup is the, still the part of me that's not perfect. <laughs> but I have Mountain that's Valley great. spring water in here with uh, minerals, you know, and I'm, I'm drinking that. Is there anything I do? Epsom salt bath, sauna, walking, making sure I get enough magnesium, potassium, and calcium citrate. Make sure I put my Redmond salt in my water so I have minerals and stuff like that. Um, and just having the mindset, you know, we live in a in a world where everybody wants everything instantly. They want to, you know, go on their phone and be, you know, talking to whoever in two seconds. And when, when somebody tells them that there's a process that they have to go to, a lot of times they don't want to go through the process because it takes time. Well, I'm here to tell you the bad news is that if you want to get better, you have to make a commitment, you have to be consistent, and you have to be patient. And I can guarantee you that if you do that, I don't care what you have wrong with you. I don't care if you just have a little tingling in your ear or whatever, or even if you have no symptoms at all, you're going to be a hundred times better off if you if you do those things. Yeah, it's hard. People want, you know, relief now and results now. And sometimes you have to put in the work. You have to put in the work, but I, I can tell you this with Oxley for sure. Um, I mean, I, I would imagine that I, I really do think that's true. See, like there's two problems right now. Like the keto community, they're like pouring on the almond flour and the nuts and the seeds and the sweet potato or whatever they're doing. I don't know. So they got like, a, they have a quarter of it right and three quarters of it wrong. Because if you're trying to get rid of carbohydrates, but you're you're downloading tons of oxalate into your body, you're making yourself sick. I saw, I'm not going to mention who it is. I, I, I saw this one pretty well-known keto person on that tried to go carnivore. And she was like three, three weeks in, she was like, 
I'm so sick. This isn't working for me. And I was thinking, and I was like, you're oxalate dumping. I tried to reach her and everything, but she didn't want to hear it. So she went back to the full blown keto and was making her almond bread. And I was like, this is like, she's totally missing it. As for the other people that are totally carnivore, just right out of the chute, be encouraged. If you are feeling terrible on just meat and fat and salt, drink a little black tea, make a strong cup of black tea, have it two, three times a day, maybe with each meal, a little bit of oxalate. You don't want to eat a sweet potato. I get it. I don't either. So what do we do? We buy organic tea. We steep it in a, in a, in a pot, make it really strong and sip it until the symptoms kind of die off. Don't give up because it's oxalate. It's oxalate guaranteed. That's really good advice. Uh, I really like that. Um, well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Jeannie. Um, great to learn your story a little bit more about you um, and really excited to follow you along um, on Instagram. Uh, what are some of your goals with that? And, and um, I'll have a link to your to your um, low ox grandma in, in the show notes as well. I just wanted to say something to you, okay? Because I want to say as, you know, as an older person, as a grandma, I'm proud of you because I'm proud of the young people that have caught the vision for having real vital health versus just being led around by the nose, by the system that's trying to tell them something that's not true, okay? So you, you're you like pioneers, young pioneers that have so much to offer. So I'm just like, thank you for that. I want to say thank you. Oh, you. thank you. Okay. And um, my goal with that, I don't really, my only, my goal is one day to just go on there and tell my story. And now I have like 4,000 followers. I don't know what that's about because, you know, but just to try to share my story so that, because I've been through pretty much everything that anybody could name. So I figure if you're going through any of one of those, two of those things, then you can relate to what I'm going to through. And I might be able to help you say, listen, it's okay. I went through all of that and I'm still better. And people, that happens every day. People are like, oh, really? You got over that? And I'm like, yes, just hang in there. You'll be okay. So it's really just to be an encouragement to listen to what God has told me to do, which is to share this with people and to just keep moving forward, right? Yeah, that's excellent. And I equally want to say I have so much respect for you as someone who has been led astray for so long, being open-minded, finding solutions to your problems, because I I can imagine it would be so easy to um, just feel bad for yourself, blame other people, blame the system, all these things and, and not really take ownership of your health. And, um, you know, having parents who are older, I see how hard it is to change. So I have a ton of admiration for that. You know what you have to do? You have to pray for the gift of desperation. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. Sometimes people just aren't sick enough to make a sacrifice to change. Okay. That's true. You say, you say, you know what? 
people, if people get so sick where they can't even hold their head up because they feel like they're going to die any minute or every part of their body is on fire, they will be desperate enough to do anything to make that go away. So when you go, when you, before you go to bed at night and you say your prayers, you say, I need, I need you to help them get so bad. I know that sounds terrible, but it actually is the thing that people need in order to be able to be willing to change. When you get to the point where you're so sick that you'll do anything, that's a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least have the scare. <laughs> that's, that's important. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Jeannie. This has been fantastic. And I'll definitely have a link to Loak's grandma in, in the show notes. So people, please go check that out. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And if you need me to talk to mom and dad, I can get their ear. And they <laughs> I'm probably going to take you up on that. Thank you. God bless you. Yep. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered or who would you like to hear from in the carnivore research community? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at carnivorecast or go to carnivorecast.com. You can also email me at info at carnivorecast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.